Welcome to the Cultured Guitarist. My name is Achy Breaky Al, and with me as ever is Cover Your Head Casper. I was going to say, no, never mind. I was going to say some <laughs> other dumb name, and I knew you'd hate it. So. Nope. I mean, that was awesome. Those are, yeah, listen, I change them every episode. <laughs> they can't all be winners. Buy a dictionary. No, <laughs> that's not, there's, first off, there's these things online called online dictionaries, and that's. Oh, I mean, you don't even have to buy one. No, wow! Don't don't give me that look. Don't give me those eyeballs. <laughs> Can't stay mad at those eyeballs. No. Oh man, today's gonna be a sweet time. Mm-hmm. We have uh, mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. on that's uh, pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. I'm um, with you. I'm really excited. Uh, this would be the first chance we've had to get somebody who is in the acoustic guitar building universe on our show see this face <laughs> and casper's losing his marbles <laughs> um so without further ado let's uh, say a warm hello everyone to dion james of dion guitars how y'all doing good man how are you good good excellent so you know you let it slip before the show that you were also preparing a tea mm. so i'm curious as to what kind of tea you're drinking uh, it's lemon balm uh, from my own yard. We're uh, we're gardeners, so oh, lots mm. of nice tea. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, now oh, I feel like yep. a philistine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of tea are you have? It's throat coat type uh, essentials. I think essentials. it's called. We, it's a yeah. natural thing. I got it from the health food store. There's that. <laughs> so we're basically gardeners. It's, it's too. basically the same yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone else's garden. It's all good. <laughs> Uh, dude, well, it's really exciting to have you on the show. Uh, so to kick things off, Casper, what have you been up to this week, man? Well, I did a couple things. Well, I guess, you know what? We haven't, we done, haven't this done this for in a, a while, bit. so I'm actually going to cover some ground yeah, here. do it up, man. Um, we got a thing. We got you a and couple, I. A, some so things. I'm going to spoil yeah. it. Right. Uh, I got a Dusk from yeah. Dusker's Dr. Scientist, and that pedal is cool. So cool. I'm not a modulation i'm not even a pedal player man i'm i'm really literally delving into pedals with brand new eyes everything i touch so this has been a super cool um filter pedal that is a whole other realm of of inspiration and and coolness and i've been really really excited about it and then what else did we do i can't even think now we you yeah i know (laughs) it's been a lot it's been a lot you've revamped the studio setup we talked about that you got the monitor on an arm oh yeah i did get a monitor arm now i I do look fairly professionalist everything is all pimpy Mm -hmm. um i also ordered something else and this is news to you oh i was gonna wait and not spoil it but i also ordered an atmosphere from Dr. Scientist. Oh. And it's, it's on the way. Look at you. I'm super I excited about that. I the bullet on that one eventually. Uh, yep. <laughs> but that's, that's, the, that's the coolest part of what I've been doing. I can't think of anything else. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, man. That's some good stuff. Well, playing, my, playing my guitar a lot. That's even better. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing else to do. What about you, Dion? What have you been up to the last little bit guitar-wise? Well, uh... I've been playing a little more, which is nice. Mm. I um, I used to play a lot, and I started building and playing around the same time, um, about 16 years ago, uh, when I was 23, and it sort of fell off. The playing did because um, when building, um, become these objects to study and perfect. And so when I get home and pick up a guitar, all I'm doing is thinking about what makes it work and i'm not really playing it anymore Mm. um so i promised myself since i'm gonna be home more through the whole virus thing here uh to play and last night i had a real breakthrough i just enjoyed playing guitar and so that was great that's fantastic yeah (laughs) and then uh, time in the shop uh, is is cutting thirds right now i'm uh you know we're adhering to social distancing so Layla is in one third of the time, Adam one third of the time, and myself one third of the time. So more time at home. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah, because you uh, you're sharing space with uh, tuna tone instruments with Layla CD, right? Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, and Adam Turley of uh, Turley Guitars. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Somebody else I've been watching. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he builds cool stuff. <laughs> you all build cool stuff. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> all build a lot cool of cool stuff. stuff coming out of that shop that I... It's a bit of, sh- bit of a shop aesthetic yeah. going on, I think. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. What about you, Al? It's new for you? Uh, well, I did a whole bunch. I, uh, I finally, at long last, oh, bit the yeah. bullets. And I got a power supply. And I've been rebuilding the pedal board. Around it. Yeah, which um, I got to say, <laughs> pedal boards are like a labor of love. And uh, I no longer love the labor. (laughs) (laughs) The the fifth or sixth rebuild in the last, like, six, seven months. Since you put that board together. Or we, Uh, I should say. We, Goose. uh, More than that, since since we built the boards together, yeah. Yeah. I've rebuilt the board a lot, and Mm -hmm. I'm tired. (laughs) I just want to let it sit for a bit, which is not going to be the case. Um, What'd you buy? Well, okay, so I got the Zuma mm, from Strymon. Zuma. Yeah, so that's my, my power supply. Um, so that, of course, meant tearing out everything underneath and running power cables. Now I need to get zip ties, and I had to buy some I've, Velcro. I've gone through a lot of zip ties lately. Yeah. Um, I also got a Dusk, yeah, you as, did. as you know. Um, and we bought, we got the you know the fancy limited red extra sparkly mm-hmm. ones. Which is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, we did. When Ryan Clark asked me what I wanted, I was like, do you even need to ask if yeah. I want that extra so glitter well, one? We got some special fancy dancy ones. Yep. Um, I switched my delay pedal from an Empress Echo System to yeah, an did. Empress Tape Echo. Oh, I've forgotten all about or Tape Delay. I forget tape, the model. It's Tape Delay. Yeah. Uh, so I've gotten to that. And then uh, I also have on the way a ground control audio Amaterasu. Mm. And um, I did a little swapsy with uh, our friend Kevin Schoen, and I have a, another Doctor Scientist pedal that they don't make anymore called the Tremolescence coming. Um, so I've rebuilt this board for no reason. I'm gonna have to sit down and rebuild it again. <laughs> Just uh, I love it. Yeah. So you know, uh, at this point, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm a little tired of it. But I've been having fun playing the tape delay and playing the dusk mm-hmm. and uh, getting to know some just unfamiliar things. You know, I, I'm I'm not that familiar with using things like a, a filter pedal. Yeah, I and, totally and, get it. You know, it's hard not to get get stuck in the trap of using it just like a wah pedal. Um, so I've been kind of steering myself towards like basically taking a perfectly good guitar sound and making it sound like a crappy lo-fi recording from the 1930s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, spend all this spend all this money on pristine instruments. Let's make them sound terrible. Um, <laughs> hey, man, that's the thing. And, and I don't think it sounds terrible. I think it sounds really cool. I, I enjoy it, yep. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's been like my last... Uh, well, since the last time we talked about this, about a month ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In a while, man. Holy crud. Yeah, at least that long. Holy smokes. But <clears throat> enough about me. Yeah. No man, enough about, about you. you. <laughs> so let's talk to Dion. Yeah. So you you got started 16 years ago building and playing around the same time? Yeah. Yeah, That's... it was sort of an accident, really. But um, Okay, yeah, hold on a second. This is sounding familiar. Okay, Layla said the exact same thing. She Building guitars came by accident. And yeah, she, she just started me. playing as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So you're not just a, you're not just a. Oh, what am I? You're, 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 you're a carrier as well as. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. The language of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I started. Um, I guess I was. Uh, you know, I went to university for a while and quit that. And then I moved to Banff for a while, and I was a snowboard bum, which was fun. And I would, yeah, it was a nice time in life. And I, I had moved back home for the summer to work on my family's grain farm. And a friend of mine came over with this old guitar, acoustic guitar that was painted silver. And so we uh, decided we were going to strip it back, and we assumed there'd be some sort of beautiful, you know, wood underneath. Um, but it wasn't beautiful. It was plywood, and and the top had some sort of plastic wood grain veneer. So I went and did a quick Ask Jeeves search on the dial-up internet. Oh and, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I thought I was three weeks later you got an answer back. All the people in their late thirties and forty and early forties just laughed. Yep. Everybody (laughs) younger than that went, What? What? (laughs) What? It was like binging and bopping and I was waiting, you know. And and the first thing that came up was David Freeman's uh school in Tagaski, Saskatchewan. Um and he had a guitar building course. Uh I didn't play yet, or I guess I just started playing. And I thought, well, you know, kind of between things, so I'm gonna go do that, and it completely altered the course of my life. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Very clearly, man, for the better. <laughs> I, I mean, well, I you know, you, I'm sure you would have done something awesome too. But yeah, well, I you mean, never know. But the I other timeline. But... <laughs> cool. Maybe I am in in one of these um, alternate universes of the uh, multiverses. You know, I could be doing, you know, who knows what. Somewhere I always like there. to think I'm an astronaut or something in some of the, in one of those. <laughs> That's Honestly. like the biggest. Sure you are, buddy. Mind, you know? I'm not going hey, to space. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. You're pretty enough. Oh, gosh you darn it. it. People right. like me. <laughs> <laughs> it's another one of those things that sets my age a little bit, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, man. I, I got to admit, hearing you, hearing you say 16 years ago when you were 23, and then I do the you know, arithmetic in my head, and I go, "I'd like oh, to know what number you came up with." We're the same age, and I, hell yeah, I build terrible acoustics. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. Well, I have, <laughs> you know, practice it, uh, gets better. I've got uh, one hanging in my wall, or like on top of my cabinet in my living room. That is the second guitar I ever made that never quite worked. So you know, you have to get through some of those first. <laughs> those early hurdles yeah well yeah so okay so you did you you went to school for it and then did you yeah. do an apprenticeship after that or did you start firing on your own no i was completely clueless i had no idea that there was a like handmade guitar world even after i took the course i didn't really you know 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 anything about what was going on out there I grew up in a really small town and uh, I spent no time on the internet. I just had no idea. Um, so I, I eventually actually moved to Edmonton, which, which is where I live now, um, hoping to broaden my social horizons from the small town I was in and, and hoping to also maybe meet um, potential guitar builders. Uh, I guess I'll back it up. I built three guitars in my parents' garage. They're woodworkers and craftspeople. They make all sorts of things. Um, and so I was still pretty clueless. Like I got here and I built another couple of guitars and I met my partner and we moved to Montreal together shortly after we met actually. And that's where, uh, the real learning began. I, I ended up, um, meeting Mike Kennedy of Indian Hill Guitars and Jeremy Clark of 52 Instrument Company. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the founders of the, of the Mylan Guitar Cooperative. And I met them at a party and joined them a week later. I guess they'd been going in that shop for about maybe four weeks or something. And, and so I was there for a few years and they really were generous with their information. And, and that's where things really got going for me. I noticed like that is, that is a common thing we hear from pretty much every guest is, is that the community is so supportive, supportive. Yeah. Very oh open. yeah. And, and gone are the days of being fiercely protective of every little thing, you know, yeah. and, and uh, I kind of love that. <laughs> I, th- I think I, in the in the indie world, it it's if your peers succeed, you succeed. You know, it's, this isn't you know big corporate. You know, it's not a big I corporate mean, engine. It's I like uh, that it's. Um, I've just small, you know, and interactive and in, intimate more more so. I've experienced both ends. I've experienced musicians because because I'm coming at it from a touring musician and a, and a my, that's the perspective I'm most familiar mm-hmm. with in this level. Um, where people will give each other supportive information or supportive help. But I've also been very familiar, and I've at one point been um, protective and jealous and afraid that someone else's success would mean there wasn't a place for me because they had it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to throw other artists under the bus, so I'll just say from, <laughs> from my yeah. thing. But, um, but I, 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 I'm finding doing this show, as we talk to more and more people, that um, a lot of of builders and makers are just really they're not concerned about that they just want everybody to succeed they want mm-hmm. someone else's yeah. success to help them succeed i feel like um 
in terms of handmade guitars, we're not really in competition with one another, perhaps maybe for, you know, one client or a few clients. But in general, um, what we're up against is that the market for handmade guitars is quite small still. And just that the mainstream buying population doesn't even really know we exist. Mm. Um, and people are spending close to as much as, say, one of my guitars cost on high-end um, factory guitars. And so really, if, if through my sharing and, and receiving sharing from other people, we can elevate both the quality of the instruments and the awareness of the instruments, I think that just it leads to more sales of handmade guitars. So I think it's good for us that way. I agree. I, yep. Yeah, our, our general stance here has definitely been that... Um, a rising tide raises all the boats. Um, yeah, as long as you're in one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or whatever you're floating in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I also think that, like, um, um, to, to be fiercely protective of your own ideas is really um, a disservice to yourself because, you know, no matter how uh, much of a genius one might think they are, there's so many good ideas out there. And if you're not willing to share yours, then you're probably not going to receive the others. And so you'd stagnate pretty quick, just working with what's inside of you. I, I agree. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. No song I ever wrote was better for me not telling or showing anybody the song until it was quote unquote done. It was yeah, always... exactly. I've yet, I've yet to finish one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how many, how many have you built? Do you know? kept track yeah yeah very few compared to most people who have built as long as i have so i um yeah i built 36 guitars so um the first many years i'd build one or two you know and have other jobs and all of that um i also uh well i just recently got diagnosed with adult adhd and have been treated for that and suddenly i can build you know, eight guitars a year. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I, okay. We I need to have like another talk it, after you know? the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'd get into the shop and I'd be paralyzed about making a mistake and I'd stare at the piece of wood and I'd sharpen my chisel again and I just couldn't touch the piece of wood and yeah. now I can get in and get my work done. So, Huh. Yeah. That's, that feels very it, familiar. Yeah. To me. <laughs> wow. that, that feels really familiar yeah. to me. Huh. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen me, you follow us on Instagram, I'm sure you the shop is quite tidy and um, that's like, I just need it to be that way or I'll just spend my days chasing my tail, you know, looking for my ruler or, yeah, it just needs to be, things need to be in order for me to get my work done. So so now now I build much quicker and I'll build, you know, eight or 10 this year and, and each year after that. That's great. That's awesome. Oh, and that's the fringe benefit of your Instagram account is always really great to watch because... Uh, yeah. <laughs> even when it's a, a fresh thing in the middle of being worked on in your workbench, it's always immaculate looking. <laughs> yes. it's, it's, you're, you're, I love your account, man. I, <laughs> it's really all just that South window. That's really, you know, yeah. I should just, it should just be called like um, a South window guitars or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, owe, I owe half my career to that South window. I think. Awesome. Uh, though I, I do, yeah. I do see that there's one where you've got, You've got some photos up here where there's a table overturned and everything's all disarray. What's going on there? Well, yeah. So we we decided we we're gonna do. I guess we were kind of feeling like the space we're in it's working now, but we thought maybe in a year or two it might be too small. It's, it's 600 square feet and there's three of us in there. Mm. Um, and part of that space is taken up by a kitchen and a bathroom, so it's actually probably like 400 square feet we're operating in. Um, so we decided we we're going to build another bench and a wall to hang tools and kind of organize stuff. And, you know, that took a day or two. And then I just ended up taking everything apart in the shop and doing all of the fixing and organizing I wanted to do. And spent the last month doing that. So that's what I was up to in those pictures, just oh, cool. literally overturning everything and <laughs> making it work. So, okay. I want to, did you always have, um, Cause you've got a man. I don't know how to put this. I'm really, I'm completely off my game today. It's all I, good. I, yeah. I, I just got to, I think I got to confess, man. I've had a real bad day for just like being kind of frozen and, and like just depression and anxiety. 
and I'm trying really hard to be peppy in this cool talk show host type <laughs> thing, and I, I don't know if I'm hitting it, but. Well, the strange times, man. Uh, I think we're all feeling that a bit, you know. Yeah, it's really weird. It's um, it's easy to fall off in in this. I'm I'm the same way. Uh, yeah. Um. I would say, and I think Casper put it best uh, a while back, wow. that you have a very elegant mm, design yeah. aesthetic to your guitars. And uh, how quickly did it take? Did it take it you know, hold of you? Or how how long did it take you to find that stride within yourself? Because a lot of these elements, like, for a guy who doesn't put a logo on the face of his headstock, I, I think a person could spot a Dion from a wide stance. A long ways off. You know, I love them. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. It's, it's very clean. It's very elegant. And it's distinctive while being very simple and clean. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think I had the philosophy right from the get-go, but I really couldn't realize it until hmm, 2017. That's when I built the first guitar that I felt like all you just spoke of and all I've been working towards was present. And, and I've been refining since then, of course. But I think, yeah, it took a long time to get to that point. Um, yeah, it, it really looks like you've spent a lot of time um, refining and planning and and uh, sharpening your skill set and, and, and mm-hmm. um, I, I'm just so blown away by the workmanship. I, I'm very eager to someday see one of your builds in person. It's the, it's the hazard of this job is uh, yeah, I, everything you we talk to a lot of cool people, but it. I don't get to touch everything we talk about. So. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully we'll cross over someday. Yeah, well, I come to Edmonton. Well, I used to come to Edmonton fairly frequently. Hopefully, I will again after this. But. <laughs> yeah, we have to come by the shop. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I, the, I think part of what I mean, Al's kind of putting to is this: the small, tiny, and this is what I noticed for sure was the small, tiny details, and like the the black lines under the veneers. If there's a cover, like you know, the veneer on the headstock plate or something, there's always these little tiny detail lines. Everything is clean, edged, nothing flamboyant i mean the wood obviously speaks for itself on most of your guitars are just gorgeous but the detail and the refinement that you put into for example the headstock is just perfect and it's 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 probably a lot of people would get caught up trying to make it look really fancy and make you know their own shape out of it or their own new thing but it's so clean and it's so just elegant was the word I chose when Al and I were talking about them. Um, is this um, so? When, when we're looking at the, these black lines, Casper's talking about these outlines. Is that uh, looks like a little tiny little layer of uh, veneer of ebony or something? Is it's actually um, like a like a paper fiber. I'm not a, a purist like anyway, okay. so I, I yep. find the, the best material is the best material, and and so it's a compressed paper fiber. It's it's black all the way through, um, and I've tried all sorts of thin black veneers but um, most of them are splintery and full of pores and difficult to shape nice crisp look yeah Yeah, exactly and i found this stuff a couple of years ago and it's it's just really good it makes for a very beautiful really elegant i gotta stop using the word elegant yeah it's it's what it is though man i I, yeah um little touches that like your headstock where so you've got that that black paper fiber in there and then the edge of your headstock you've also got just like this the subtlest angle that I didn't notice for forever. It's just yeah, the very, very only when you've really zoomed in <laughs> with your pictures, I can see this angled beveled here to the face of your headstock and, and stuff. That's just really, and I don't know if you do this every time or not, but it's it's really like you think of some really neat things. Yeah. And, I, and I, I realize we're in danger of this whole show being us just like, oh, it's Dion. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Swoon. Um, and I don't want to do that. I want to let you talk. But I'm just, uh, forgive me my fangirl moments. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me about <laughs> you. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I pre- it's very kind. I, I uh, um, Yeah, I, I have always, I mean, in, in like, I, I really like fashion. I like um architecture i like urban planning um but i'm not educated in any of these things i just like the look of things i like how light um falls on things i like um uh, the world feels very vivid and intense to me 
and um, and I've always uh, sought to just pare back um, all the clutter in anything I design. And so in my guitars, it's it's really I, I try to. I'm, you'll see like the last couple I built those maple mahogany guitars. There's only three woods in those guitars, right? I'm always trying to like, how simple can I make it without it falling flat? But you spoke of like the little bevels and all of that stuff in the joinery. And um, if you're going to go bare bones, it has to be um, perfectly executed or it falls apart. You can hide in clutter. And I'm not saying that ornate guitars are built poorly. Of course not. But the, the ornamentation can pull your eye away from little things. Um, and if you're going to strip it down, it's all got to be there. So that's, that's also part of why it's taken me so long to get to build 36 guitars. It's just that I, I yeah, I, I, I take a ton of time building them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. And <laughs> maybe that's why I've loved your Instagram so much is um, there's so much detail mm-hmm. and so much going on in each picture that, looks simple at first and the more i look at it the more i'm finding little things to really wrap my brain around and stuff and i and i'm maybe uh fortunate enough that i've built enough guitars to to be able to really grasp onto some of these details and appreciate them but not enough to know how bad i am at this stuff (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm sure it's not that bad Uh, but you know, I, I, I have the, I've, I've got the right level of ignorance is bliss on this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like it, it really does come down to the tiny details and you can stare at them and, and not see it all. And then you'll look again and then you'll be like, Oh, that's a thing I didn't see. You know? Yeah. I think all really well-designed objects are like that. Um, I want someone to look at the guitar and say, Mm, I like that. That's beautiful, but not initially or immediately know why they feel that way. Um, And I think well-designed objects often have that, have that um, going on. I think you've executed that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think you've really found that uh, niche in your builds. Yeah, Yeah. it's worked and and it's, it's, um, yeah, I feel like, and it's really only been since 2017, like, as you mentioned, I have uh, my own visual identity for my guitars, and I think you need to have that if you're gonna kind of uh, make it in the industry, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I could I could get behind that statement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I like it wouldn't matter if I didn't get behind the statement. What do I know? <laughs> um, but yeah, there's details that that really stand out to me as very you, mm-hmm. and they're details that I've never associated with a guitar builder before. Um, the, the way that you're, you're kind of hips of your, your, is it the old four model, uh, kind of yeah the way they come in and the way the, the shoulders are on the, on the, on the body are, it's, it's not a, it's not a shape I've seen before. And it looks, you know, at first glance, it might look like it, but it might look like a, like a, I don't want to say a concert body, but something like that, like a classical size guitar. It, it almost yep. it almost comes out that way, yeah. Almost, but, but then, it's definitely you, unique. The more you look at it, the more it's like there's something going on there, man. You're you're. Yeah, well, oh, sorry. Go for it. No, go ahead, please. Oh, I was, okay. <laughs> I was gonna confess the detail. I spend the most amount of time on your builds, just gawking at that. I can't even quite figure out why. And this, maybe this is exactly what you were just saying. I am in love with your, your, the way you've sculpted the, uh, the joint, the, the, the heel of the neck into the body. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I cannot yeah. get over that. I've never seen somebody carve it the way you do it. Nope. I've seen an awful lot of carves. Some guys, there's a lot of builders that share the same carves and stuff. You do not. Yours is very, very distinctive. And uh, I love it. And I've well, never you. ever obsessed about that detail on an acoustic before in my life. I I wasn't going to go into it, but I have a similar obsession with another part of this guitar. Is, is or it, the, the the back of your headstock? The yes, the volute <laughs> yeah, on the headstock. Yeah. Oh man, like, that's that's uh, reimagined uh, to my mind that particular feature to strengthen the back of the headstock. It's just amazing. It looks so so good. 
Yeah, you know, thanks. I, I mean, Layla will attest um, to, I mean, when she was uh, earlier on in her career, I'd, she'd be carving her neck and I'd, I'd come over and I'd say, I'd feel the, you know, around the flute and say, well, there's a little, a little lump there or this isn't quite crisp. And she said, what are you talking about? You know, um, but she had this moment last summer or two summers ago where she was like, oh, I, I see it. And now she, of course, executes it perfectly as well. But it's those little things, I think, that um, that can separate an instrument um, from the pack. But they're also trappings in their own right, because, you know, so for example, the heel, I think I got to that sort of level of refinement maybe five guitars ago or six guitars ago, where I felt like I really had the shape that I like. And But it's that crisp line that comes out um, from the neck. It takes a long time to do because you can't, if you if you flub that, people now expect that from me. So if I flub it, I haven't, fortunately, yet. Um, <laughs> then, then the neck has to be, like, what do I do? It's not, it's not one of my necks anymore. I can't really send it out at the price point I'm selling my guitars for to a client because they're, they've been looking at my Instagram too and looking at that photograph and, and they're expecting that. So, you know, it kind of, it's kind of a make work project also. <laughs> well, I don't know. You're, you're definitely, you're definitely hitting that identity, that distinction. Yeah. Um, but you say that you mentioned earlier that is so important. Um, and your headstock. It's elongated ever so slightly, yeah. and I, I really, I, don't, I really like how it. I don't want to sound too crass here, mm. but it is a severe turn on. I I really like how it gives you uh, more of the beauty of the wood to look at. That's away from the tuner machine, like away from the tuning machines, um, so that. You can, it really does like highlight like a billboard, the, the beauty of the wood that the, the vin, that the headstock veneer has. Um, and it's, it's pretty much every one of them is, is like that. It does showcases the wood for me. And I like, so the, there's a mahogany one that you've done, I believe a, a flame maple one. They're just gorgeous. And, and without that extra bit, they'd still be gorgeous, but it's really just awesome to be able to see that much more yeah I feel, I feel like it ties it into the body for me acoustic guitars always you know electric guitars i think about like a, a fender electric guitar the proportion you know of uh, the percentage of the of the length of the body that the headstock is is much greater and it gives it this long slick look to it and acoustic guitars have these bodies that are longer than an electric guitar, generally speaking, and then the headstock always just looked like it was chopped off prematurely. So it took a while to get to that as well. I'd add two or three millimeters, and the next guitar, I'd add a few more. Um, but so, like, I, 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 I'm like uh, five foot three, I'm like a really short guy, and I always wanted to be a tall, lanky person who could wear beautiful, like, you know, blouses and stuff. And like I want to have like a like a model body, you know, a male model body. And I felt like <laughs> don't we all, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a, I, that's why we so do this I, podcast because we're just a couple of beefcakes in the basement, just looking gorgeous yeah. and cut. Face for radio, face for radio. <laughs> so I feel like the headstock kind of pulled it out and and gave it this sort of yeah, um, just a beautiful look. I felt like you could hang something on it, like a. A piece of clothing. I felt like it looked like a model when I when I dragged it out. So I love that's, that. That's great. <laughs> so um, I'm going to make a pledge. Casper and I are going to stop totally just fanning it up. Uh, we're going to try and ask some uh, smart questions. <clears throat> uh oh. Starting Hard with <laughs> yeah, real real sixty minute stuff here. <laughs> 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 um, no, but I want to talk about a couple of couple of things because. Uh, we, we talked about it with Layla, and then she credited you as, mm -hmm. as kind of the originator of this. Um, but tell us about the captured nut design, because this has fascinated me since the moment I first saw it. It is genius, I think. It looks, I mean, uh, it looks like genius. It, maybe it's absolute in insanity, and everybody else in the Lutheran world is going, no, 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 no. I, I wouldn't know. But it looks gorgeous. Stunning. And I love how how broad your nuts are while still being cut and shaped very properly 
um, and and just the way they're they're holding the strings in place. And uh, do you even glue the nut in, in in there when it's captured like that? No, that would be a real nightmare um, yeah, for so. any particular <laughs> or any repair person down the line. Actually, Mark Stutman of Folkway Music. I, I I have never glued my nuts. Actually, even when I had them open on the sides, I just make sure they're fit really snug, and I would actually put uh, imperceptible sort of taper into the slot so that it wedges in, mm. um, and it would be snug. But um, after I'd built a few of these, I'd posted them on on Instagram, and Mark Stutman uh, messaged me from Folkway Music, and he said what if someone glues that in later, you know, down the line. So now I write, do not glue in the slot <laughs> at Mark's request so that we don't have any problems, but no, there's no need for glue because it's, it's snug and then it's yeah um, well captured. No, I don't think there's any, I, I think some people will, will snub their nose at it because you know, the acoustic guitar world is very traditional. Um, I think the guitar world in general can be very bad for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's easy, it's weird, it would be easy been, for someone to fall into that. Yeah, I've been thinking about that though, like uh, tradition. So, I mean, I love um, um, traditional inspired instruments. I think they're beautiful. I love um, what some modern builders are doing. Yeah, you know, Martin Replica's John Slobod comes to mind, of course. Excellent guitars. But for me, the tradition is innovation. Um, and so, in that way, I do feel like I'm honoring the tradition of the craft by pushing forward um with it and so so the captured knot i did that for a couple of reasons I, I i thought about it maybe eight or ten years ago and just hadn't gotten to figure out how to execute it you know um and then with layla's headstock design it kind of made sense we were up against an issue i said well, why don't we try this so she actually prototyped and it worked out well and and then i started doing it after that um but it strengthens that area, you know. So if the neck's going to break, it's going to break generally where the nut is because you've got this big void, mm -hmm. and it's where the neck is the thinnest. So it strengthens the the neck. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks slick. You never have um, a nut that sort of sticks out from the neck at all. It also allows for um, you can shim it like you can the, the saddle now or the yeah the saddle. So I send that out with a, a small stainless steel shim, and I'll put it at sort of the higher range of action. And the player can just take that out and then have the lower range of action. Um, so mm. it's it's functional, yeah. God bless you, sir. I think yeah. I'm a little bit in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does this. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Hey, I, I've got a lot of love to go around. Too, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's beautiful. It's It's beautiful in design and in realization. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm really happy with how it turned out, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm constantly refining it still. But yeah, I really like it. I'm actually hoping, and uh, I won't spill too much of these beans here, but <clears throat> to make it adjustable without any hardware. But that's as far that's as much as I'll tell you right now. <laughs> well, I look forward to yeah learning more about that as you uh, yeah. get further in that process. Yeah. Um. So I want to uh, I want to ask a little bit about your sound holes. Um, sure. Because when you're doing the uh, the the side sound port, mm. um, and this isn't a critique, it's just an observation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've noticed your your side sound ports tend to be a little bit smaller than a lot of the ones I've seen from from various builders and stuff. And I wondered uh, why you why you went that way with it. Or was that um, was that a conscious thing, or was that a design a visual aesthetic? Uh, well, it's, 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 I've changed over the years. It used to be a little bit bigger, but, um, yeah, I had a guitar in the shop with a bigger sound or sound port in it of mine. And I just put some tape over it and played it. it sounded better with the sound port open. And then I put tape over half of it and it sounded better than it did with it all the way open. And so I changed it. <laughs> I've, uh, my uh, custom guitar also has a sound port in it. And, um, I think it has something to do uh, with the low end frequencies um, kind of escape a little bit out of that sound port so it doesn't drive so hard out of the actual sound hole. Um, so you find they're, they're a little bit uh, more subtle in the low end or not lacking, but just a little bit more subtle. And I think because um, I've definitely done that, you know, played the guitar with my hand over the hole and going, oh, yeah, that's different, like a different sound entirely. 
So I, I see where you're going, and, and with the the smaller port, uh, I'm intrigued to know, to hear maybe one day um, that difference. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I, I um, yeah, the guitars are, you know, a series of parts that make a system, and so it's, you know, we talk a lot in the industry about, like, well, what does Rosewood sound like, or Maple, or what does this size sound port sound like, or this type of bracing pattern, but you know, I could give you the exact bracing pattern for my soundboard and you could use it, but unless you were building with the rest of the system, it would just sound like a completely different guitar anyway. So right. um, I, I'm not, I, I'm more of a, I don't want to say a feel builder because of course there's just so much experience that goes into it. But for example, a friend of mine and, and one of my early mentors, Jeremy Clark, if it's two instruments, he's got a real scientific mind. He can quantify things and test things and understand them in that way. And I suppose I have that understanding in some way w without the language. And so uh, the way I see it, um, you know, um, when you put a, a sound port in, whatever the size is, you've increased the efficiency of the air pump. Um, I think about like a jerry can, you know, you could put the gasoline out right. and um, right. it gulps and you take the back off and the air flows through. Um, but if you went, if you go too far, you can destroy yeah, the air column that's moving you know, being excited by the strings going to the bridge, uh, exciting the top, hitting the back, and and oscillating back and forth, um, and and you do lose some bass response technically when you open up the sound port, but you also increase the volume and the projection of the instrument, and so if you lose a little bit of bass, but the bass that is there is more perceptible, then the guitar sounds like it has. A better low end and so yeah it's, it's a balancing you got to find the right size and you have to match it to the size your sound holds so mm. yeah nice you're smart well <laughs> you that. should do this podcast and we'll <laughs> go get jobs sweeping I, something. I can figure out how to record it i wouldn't know how to do that <laughs> if i can do it you can do it <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how true that is ouch <laughs> Um, so with each, with each build you, you do, um, because you're constantly refining your process because you're, you're building in very low numbers, um, mm -hmm. how much DNA does one guitar share with its predecessor? Mm, how much, it. how much of that, you know, as have you been consistent in, you know, each next iteration of, of your, your uh evolutions has that really taken off from the net from the previous one are you noticing big changes or are you kind of you know millimeter by millimeter getting some yeah money? they're pretty incremental now because um so before i had any clients or orders or dealers or anybody expecting anything from me i could just build whatever i wanted and i could you know change you know the way things worked into inside um or my designs whenever i wanted to and, and that was that was fun and all I, but all i really wanted was to, to you know have orders and be busy that way and, and I, i've got that going on now but now there are people who expect you know people who have if someone's buying a guitar from me it's likely they've played one of my guitars or heard them online or whatever and they're expecting that guitar more or less mm. um and so I have to be more incremental in my, in my movement, but I keep um, really accurate notes. And so I can, um, you know, I can replicate the sound of my guitars from one to the next. They all have their own color and, and I like that. I wouldn't want them to be exact copies of one another, but I am always pushing. You I mean, you learn every time you build one. So I'm always pushing a little more in the next one. Oh, so okay. Let's take a left turn. Mm. Sure. <laughs> I want to oh. talk. See what you're talking about? That south window. I like it. Sorry. Yeah. I want to. I want to talk. And I've. I, this is. It's. I don't know when. When you posted this, so it was. Two months ago, maybe sometime in March. I don't remember. But I, I've been waiting, cause knowing we we're going to get you on the show. I've been waiting <laughs> very eagerly to to bring this up. But uh, 
I want to talk about Boxy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> its full name is Boxy the Space Hog. Boxy the Space Hog. <laughs> yeah, it's the fastest guitar in town. Yeah. First <laughs> off, absolutely crushed it in the name department. Mm-hmm. As a guy who comes up with nicknames every week, you're killing <laughs> you're, it. You're killing it. Yeah, well, my you're way better at this than Al. That, you know, so. <laughs> I have never seen anybody make what is essentially because I. Very, very, every randomly on the side, every once in a while, I build lunchbox guitars, which are exactly okay. what they sound like. We have, and we uh, have one sitting in the bench next to do. us here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, as a, a lunchbox guitar building aficionado, <laughs> um, I have never seen anybody take what is essentially a cigar box guitar and make it boutique. That's fantastic. <laughs> There's a level of detail on your literal box shaped guitar here that uh is stunning my friend <laughs> thanks yeah, what, I think what inspired this built, yeah. what inspired it and when are we going to see some more yeah. <laughs> and, well I, and I you got to tell our there. listeners about <laughs> it because for those of them by the way listeners if you're if you're not on dion guitars instagram you need to get on it yeah <laughs> it's d-i-o-n guitars it spells on, dion Dion, yeah. Dion, yeah. And you can see Boxy the Space Hog in person, but I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Dion take it away here because I want him to tell you, describe it to you, and then and then tell us when we can see more siblings. Sure, I'll, I'll give you the um you know the brief history. So I built that when I was living in Montreal and working out of the Myland Guitar Cooperative still, and I was building um, maybe my fourth or fifth acoustic guitar guitar period. That box is the only electric guitar I've ever made, and I I was French polishing. That's what I that's what I did back then, and for finish on my guitars. And French polish, for those who don't know, is a sort of hand rubbed uh, way of applying uh, shellac, and it's extremely time consuming, beautiful, but it can be so finicky. And I and I was just fighting it out with a cedar rosewood guitar for months, really. Uh, stripping the finish and going again, stripping the finish. I just decided I wanted to build something simpler. So I put it to the side and I said, what what can I build right now that just shakes things up? So um, I wanted to build an electric guitar. I didn't have a good one my, of my own. And um, I wanted to use just whatever wood I had around. And um, the hardware, you know, it's like parts from the hardware store. It's deck screws holding the neck in place. <laughs> and And I didn't want to mess around with finish. So I, I had this maple around and some Sitka spruce for the top. Uh, I know it's Engelman spruce for the top. And as an acoustic guitar builder, that's how I built it. And I didn't want to spend a bunch of time designing. So I took a Telecaster. I got the basic um, dimensions of it. And I made a rectangle in that basic dimensions. And But, but I'm an acoustic guitar builder, so I built it like an acoustic guitar. It's got sides and a back and a, and a top. Um, and it's got liners you know and all of that and it's got a two two by fours laminate together down through the center um <laughs> which is what the neck and and uh pickups sit into and then i drilled a bunch of holes in it which is where i got the space hog and it's the fastest guitar in town nick delille of island instruments i think gave it the space hog um addition to its name he was working in the shop with us too and then i like to experiment with things so um once it was all built, I stained it with the color from yellow onions. I pulled the color out using ammonia. Um, and I <laughs> wow. stained it. it stained That's amazing. <laughs> and I didn't seal it. Normally, because I've done acoustics that way as well, um, but I sealed the acoustics so that it would be even, um, even penetration of color. But I wanted it to look rough, so I just let, wiped it on. And, and you can see on the top, it went in darker in certain areas and lighter in other areas. It looks really great. And then I just wiped some linseed oil on it and uh, and it's a guitar. And I put a slotted um, classical guitar headstock on it. Yeah. Um, I hope to build some more, but I don't know if I ever will. We'll see. I, I, there's a couple of people who have some interest in them. Um, um, we'll see if I get to it. I mean, I, I'm a little worried because I've, I, I know where your guitar price ranges start at. <laughs> and I know that I am way below that level. But I would say I, I I would count myself among those that are very interested. I, I love this thing, man. 
Well, if I did a run of them, I, I would try to get like seven orders together and I would do them for, I mean, fractions of what my acoustic guitars cost because I'd want to build them um, under the sort of same philosophy, just like something that I'm doing to get away from the minutia of my acoustic guitars. Having said that, I am not really capable of doing anything halfway, so they're... <laughs> yeah, it, it appears that way. This is the only yeah. guitar with a made out of a box where the box has uh, <laughs> laminate veneer on the edges that, that is gorgeous mm. and, and a flamed maple neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's got an arch top and back an acoustic guitar, too. It's very much an acoustic guitar. It has actually quite a lot of volume, even in its acoustic uh, arrangement before it, you plug it in. It it's looks cool. like it would, to be honest, mm -hmm. because of the arches and the those generous proportioned... Uh, Eye holes, I want to call them. Yeah, they're yeah. <laughs> they're just to to toaster holes. Toaster, toaster holes. holes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. This thing is great, man. It's so awesome. It's somehow yeah, that's both my, very. That's my main guitar. I play that. That's I. Uh, that's all I've played really for electric guitars. My whole electric guitar playing career. That's so great. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so very like. It's just enough of like the the traditional Dion thing that's like it's very clearly you, but at the same time it's 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 almost goofy and and yeah. fun. Yeah, it is fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll build more someday. I really want to. I, one of my nieces is getting into playing guitar, and if she sticks it out, I'm gonna build her one. So okay. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how he can become your niece. <laughs> Or some some, some, kind of some kind of some kind of some kind of relative, never, so that I never want to hear that. <laughs> could be, again. Could be on that list of ifs. <laughs> How do we get real? And I just related. made amber alerts across the country <laughs> because of you, <laughs> because you said it out loud like that. <sighs> uh, nobody wants a thirty-eight-year-old bearded man to be their niece. I'm just saying that. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> There's the episode title. <laughs> so you've got uh, you've got a really interesting um, spread between your dealers too. How do you how did you go about like you know how did you meet these relationships? How did you how did you decide like yeah I want one dealer in Japan and then one guy in North Carolina and then like how did yeah. You know, how do you... Yeah, that's the part I'm just learning. Um, I yeah, I don't have a business background, and <clears throat> uh, yeah, we used to always joke at the Milan Guitar Shop that we don't build guitars for a living, we sell them for a living, and that's really the hard part. So <clears throat> um, given that I, I, I didn't do an apprenticeship with um, a big name, and I don't live in a major center, um, I've had to find ways to... You know, I've got a good following on social media, et cetera, and, and they do well at shows, but I had to figure a way to have someone else tell people that my guitars are good. And so I sought out relationships with reputable dealers, but they don't just take anybody on um, because you know, that's how they have their name as, as excellent curators is by only taking quality work. So it was a long process. I emailed and I hounded and I hounded and I'd get one. And then I'd use that dealer um, in terms of um, them posting about me to leverage a relationship with another dealer. And it's been a long slog. I've been working on that for a long time. Yeah. And I actually am now pairing it back a bit now that I have some dealers around and I'm going to work with fewer dealers um, and more strategically placed. Mm. I think that's, that's probably a good move for, um, guitars like yours that are in um you're, you're, they're so bespoke there's so uh, so much time in each one and they're um they're heirloom pieces mm -hmm. i mean they'll outlive us right yeah so. you're clearly not making guitars for ted nugent to smash on uh <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> i don't know why i picked ted nugent like, i don't know either people but... <laughs> Yeah, given his support for Donald Trump, I don't know, maybe someone else. <laughs> yeah, I'm not not a huge Ted Nugent fan myself. <laughs> it was just like, just a guy I could see like treating a guitar like kind of a piece of crap. 
yeah. I couldn't imagine I mean, someone smashing wants to a guitar pay for on stage. Smash it, they can do that, but I prefer they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, smashing guitars on stage is bad. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't. I'm not. I know what you're thinking. I may have smashed a guitar once. Ooh. Once. Well, on stage. and it bit you back. You paid for it dearly. <laughs> did you get hit? Did you get hurt? Did it? Did it wipe you out? Oh, we're doing this. We're doing it with you. We're doing it, Casper. You traitor. I think we've done it once already, uh, but that's okay. Have. Okay, you got to so, tell Dion. <laughs> so I, in my youth, um, early in my twenties, and this is back in the era when uh, a lot of us thought it was cool to smash guitars. On stage, <laughs> I remember that time. I thought it was cool at one point too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was a time. Um, well, I my band had won the Battle of the Bands, and the prize was uh, a Halloween opening slot for a up and coming act that everybody okay. thought was going to be great. And so Halloween night comes, my band does their show, and I went to a pawn shop and I bought this horrible samic guitar and it was uh basically a samic copy of a super strat had a terrible floyd rosie type double locking system that was forged by some old man in his shed with the parts of a dying star (laughs) (laughs) this this bridge system weighed a lot and functioned very terribly the guitar did not stay in tune um to save your life and i was just like I just got to get through this one song and then smash. And then we look awesome and we'll get off stage. And so we're doing our song. It's the grand finale. And, uh, I pull this guitar over my head and I full on lumberjack style, swing it down at the stage to smash it with all my might, never having smashed a guitar ever. (laughs) And I learned really quickly that, most rock stars, when they're smashing instruments, are not swinging super hard. They look like they're swinging super hard, but they're not. They're just kind of like pounding the instrument until it just sort of flops apart. When I am a tall, big guy, I've got a lot of strength to my arms, and uh, this guitar exploded because <laughs> its body was sawdust, sawdust. and loose glue. <laughs> And uh, so as a guitar builder, I'm sure you're intimately aware of how much pounds per square inch uh, six strings applies on the top of a guitar. Yeah, a lot. And when you have a floating metal bridge system that is instantly released of its bondage. <laughs> Ejected, really. And those, that, all those pounds per square inch brought that bridge into my face like a medieval mace. <laughs> And knocked me completely unconscious on stage. I nearly lost oh, my left kidding? eye. No, no, no. It was this bad. Is bad. <laughs> I nearly lost my left eye. I was unconscious. My bandmates didn't know what was happening for a good 20 seconds. They just kept playing. The audience went. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so at this point, I'm unconscious. So all of the all the rest of this is, is mostly like my people telling it back to me. But apparently the audience went bananas. They thought it was great. Of course. And the security guard went to go up on stage and like, because it was like, oh, he's down. I better go check on him. And my idiot friends went, no, no, no. This is part of the show. He's fine. It's part of the show. (laughs) (laughs) So so for years afterwards at the stage at the, at the college in my hometown, there was a blood stain on the stage carpet. (laughs) That was from my face. God. Yeah. I did not expect it to go there, but yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of, Tension on a lot things. of tension, yeah. just so, swinging yeah. it out like a pendulum. So I don't recommend smashing guitars, but if you insist, strings down, folks. Yep. Yeah, that actually reminds me of um, I uh, when I was building my maybe second or third guitar in my parents' garage, uh, my mom gave me your old piano to tear apart. It had been dropped off the back of a truck when they were moving one time. It never really stayed in tune. The soundboard's cracked. I was gonna harvest the spruce out of it, etc. So. I wish I would have recorded this, but this is far before iPhones, et cetera. And I didn't have a video camera, but I went into the garage. I put on coveralls, uh, face mask, welding gloves, and at full tension, I cut the strings one by one with, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was with bolt cutters. cutters. It was amazing. Oh. The sound was incredible. 
and then eventually the pressure or the the um, the release of tension of the one string would snap the soundboard and break the next string and it was just it, it was it was amazing yeah wow yeah, yeah. I'm, so I can imagine it didn't hit me in the face, unfortunately. Man, I'm reasonably certain there's like a fair chance of you getting really injured or killed doing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was pretty suited up. You know, I, I grew up on a farm. We worked with heavy equipment. I was kind of like, yeah, this could hurt me. I'm going to get ready for this. <laughs> yeah, I didn't Man. do that on stage. I was, I was, I had come up with a costume that I thought was like both a Halloween costume, but also made me look as handsome as I could for the student body association president who i had a huge crush on at the time how'd that work out uh when your face is bloody and you can barely talk and your parents come to pick you up to drive you to the hospital oh yeah not a lot of no there was less interest in dating me uh than i anticipated that night well, <laughs> so uh, yeah i had all the protection that a suit can provide because uh, i don't remember what my costume was supposed to be but i was wearing a suit okay well, you've got the story, you know, that, so that's one thing you yeah, got with that. Yeah, that is one of my favorite <laughs> Al stories. Thank you. Hands down. Thanks. I'm glad, uh, glad I got to share that again on well, the show. I'll certainly be telling that to somebody in the next week, I'm sure. <laughs> I was my partner when I got the phone. Yeah, yeah no, tell everyone. Yep. <laughs> he's, he's okay with it. <laughs> that's and public knowledge now. It, so. You know, it, well, it was kind of a very public event, too. And I worked at the... The music shop in my hometown. It was the only shop for like a five-hour drive. Yeah. So two days later, I was standing uh, up in customers with a face full of bruises and an eye full that was blood red. And (laughs) I looked like Two-Face from Batman. (laughs) Can I help you buy a guitar? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) That was a good experience. I'm glad we're talking about that again. Yeah, you're welcome. Oh, boy. (laughs) Anything I can do to help, buddy. <laughs> do you uh do you get you got a band? What do you come on? Tell me, what do you what do you do when you're not building, man? Do you do you perform? Do you get out a lot? Uh, I used to play in a band. I, I played in lots of bands over the years, but I most recently played in a band called Aviate Kit with my partner and some other folks. Um, it was the first time I was not the songwriter and singer in the band. Uh, my partner was, and it was fun just to play guitar. Um, but then our drummer got pregnant and then we had a baby and now we don't play together anymore. Um, but we hang out together still. Um, so no, these days I don't play much. Um, and I have a new child myself, so I don't go out much at all these days. Yeah. We haven't seen Kyle in a while. He's pregnant too. Okay. Our our drummer. Our drummer, Kyle. Yeah. yeah. Useless guy. (laughs) (laughs) Stinking drummer. But he was long, around long enough to record terrible drums on the intro. Yep, yep. Immortalized forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, I mentioned it earlier. I'm a gardener, so that's where I spend a lot of my time. I spend about 15 hours or so in the summer uh, per week at a, a charity garden. We raise money for an organization um, that helps uh, women in Rwanda who are victims of the genocide, uh, that, you know, lost partners or are victims of uh, domestic abuse, et cetera. So um, we don't do any of the programming or anything. It's a direct transfer from us cash to the organization. Um, so I spend, that's where I spend a lot of my time is, is working there. We have an, a fruit orchard and a, and a garden and I just, yeah, I mean, I'm interested in growing things. And that's where I spend a lot of my time when I'm not in the shop, uh, riding my bicycle or my skateboard, yeah. Those are the things I'm into. Nice. Yeah. That's a beautiful life. I got to say, it, it, it feels it feels pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I got lucky. Yeah. I I think you uh, made smart choices. <laughs> well, you know, there's there's choices, but I, I kind of started on second base, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm inappropriate, and I wanted to make a bad joke there. And my wife, <laughs> I can feel, I can feel in the back of my head, my wife's eyes looking at me with like, why, why, why? why? <laughs> so I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dion, uh, we're kind of hitting our time window here, but uh, it was epic to have you on. Um, it was a real pleasure. Uh, and and it was such an honor to 
for us to have you as our first acoustic builder on the mm. show, man. We we really thank you a lot for for being that for us. And for well, I appreciate repping. reaching out. Oh man, gotta gotta reach out to the Canadians. We can. Mm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, thanks for being on the show, listeners. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for uh, live laughing in love with us. <laughs> I ended with a disappointed Casper face. I started with a disappointed Casper face. (laughs) Bat in a thousand, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, everybody, uh, stay safe, happy, and healthy out there. Um, Do your best to keep your spirits up. And you know, since I brought it up, uh, just just kind of want to say that uh, if you're struggling with depression and anxiety, and and right now it's very 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 normal if you are reach out reach out to someone just take uh, yeah. take a moment take the plunge send a text send a facebook message reach out to us on the show uh, we just want to help yep so yeah stay safe stay happy stay healthy and thanks for listening to the culture guitarist mm-hmm.